Breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the Hive, joined by my boy, Tommy V, from the land of Disney. Tommy, what is good? You know, just uh, enjoying uh, enjoying some time, just hanging out. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just another totally thrown off guard by the question I literally ask you every single week. I love it. I just like I, I never know like what to say because like I don't like I don't really lead the most interesting life these days anymore. I just like I go to work, I come home, you know. That's really really about it. I mean like I mean if you want to know like some like ancillary like stuff about me that like isn't all that like interesting, I can tell you that like I just bought uh, a Google Nest, which I'm super stoked about. I don't know if you know anything about those. I actually so I have spotify premium okay which is one of the best investments i've ever purchased and i agree with that i've I've had i've had spotify premium for a long time myself and they did a promotion maybe like four or five months ago that if you were a spotify premium member they would send you a free uh google home okay so i took advantage of it and it's okay so like Every once in a while, so I just kind of like set it up in my kitchen and yeah. every once in a while I'll be cooking and then I'll be like, wait, I forgot to put music on and like my hands are already dirty. So I don't want to like touch my phone or like, you know, any of that because I'm super like particular with kind of like cross contamination stuff in the kitchen. Okay. And it's sometimes nice where I could just be like, hey, Google, turn on blank and blank or whatever. And it, it's it's. That's nice, but other than that, I don't use it that often, to be honest. So the Google Nest itself, though, is the um, is the smart ther- is like the smart thermometer, uh, oh. and it, I mean, so so far we've only had it hooked up for about two or three days, but it is super cool, man. Um, the good thing about it, obviously, you know, being in Florida, you know, our electric bill is always high, especially in the you know the summer months because of how hot it is down here, but um, the cool thing about the Google Nest is that you can actually adjust the temperature remotely. So, you know, for instance, instead of having to keep it, you know, at like 72 all day, you know, we could bump it to like 77 while no one's home. And then, you know, let's say like I'm going to leave work at, at six o'clock and get home at 630 at, you know, 515. I'll set uh, like, you know, an actual like schedule to from my phone, adjust the temperature so that by the time I get home, it'll cool down to 72. And, um, you know, it, it ends up saving a ton of money. And it's uh, it's cool. It's really intuitive. It's smart. It You can schedule things. You can learn patterns on it. But the cool thing about it is um, even if it's not in like a full eco-friendly mode, it minimizes the amount of electricity to get the temperature down. So it might take a little bit longer, but uh, it saves a ton of money on electric. So we're really, really excited. And, uh, you know, we're kind of, we have Alexa products and stuff at home, so we are able to integrate it so that we can talk uh, to it and, and get it set up. But, um, I don't know, man, it's super cool. Uh, like I, I, I feel like we have like a, um, like a very like state of the art apartment right now. Yeah, I guess, uh, Caitlin and I have talked about 
I don't know if it's the Google one. What's the other like competitor thermostat that they have out there? I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, I'll tell you, man, it's a good investment. You know, we spent two hundred dollars on it, and it's worth every penny. Um, and I mean, it's super cool. You know, it's like just kind of kind of cool looking to like walk down your hallway instead of seeing like that old Honeywell box. Like you see like this really sharp looking, you know, circular bright, um, you know, thermostat that, uh, you know, you could do quite a bit with. It's got all these different settings and stuff. I, I mean, I think it's super cool. It's like the wave of the future. Yeah. In my neighborhood, like literally every house has one of those doorbell cams. Oh, like the ring doorbell. Like every single one. And it's like, do you really just need to know when your Amazon package is coming? Because no one goes and knocks on people's doors anymore. Like I can't, I've been in my house for almost four years now. And I I can't even tell you maybe five times people have come to my door and knocked on it. (laughs) Like, I just know the cool, the cool thing about the ring doorbells though, is um, like, it'll give you like a proximity alert. So if someone like comes within X amount of feet of it, uh, you know, like the video will kick up on it and you can see, I mean, like, you know, is it good in an area like yours where like, you know, like you don't get a ton of foot traffic and like, you don't really have to worry about packages getting stolen and things like that. Like maybe not, but, um, you know, it is still a, a cool little thing. Um, you know, for us, because we're in an apartment that's in like the access is, is in a hallway. It doesn't make sense for us to have it, but when we get a home, you know, out here, we're definitely going to invest in it just because you never know, man, you know, package thieves, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it doesn't happen often, but it happens, uh, you know, enough where like, God forbid, you know, you order something expensive and you're not around for it. It gets lifted. It's just a pain in the ass. So those ring doorbells are pretty cool, but you know, they do other cool things too. You can get like, they they do like, um, sensors for like the whole home. They do, um, like, you know, like floodlights and like all that kind of stuff. So just a matter of like how you might use it, you know. Technology is kind of cool that way. Touche. So I guess we can get right to the guest that we have today because I made fun of you for not being on your on your toes with the questions that I always ask you, and then you go on a seven minute rant about your thermostat. So everyone's Listen, already tuned out, but <laughs> we do have a solid interview. Um, we got Tyler Cash of Hard Loss and uh, just diehard hockey fan. You could tell that he bleeds hockey, thinks about it all day and all night, and it was just so much fun chatting with him. And it was cool because our first Vegas Golden Knight fan. And, you know, obviously since it's a new franchise, you know, there's not, like, lifelong diehard fans so yeah it, it is always interesting why people like join you know switch allegiances and become fans of you know expansion teams but you know you gotta start somewhere and it's cool that he has embraced the team even though he's not from las vegas and uh really cool interview that i think you guys are gonna like absolutely man couldn't have said it better myself so Enjoy our interview uh, with Tyler from uh, Hard Loss. Enjoy.
Fox with our boy, Tyler Cash of Hard Loss and the Fourth Line Goon podcast. Tyler, what's going on, dude? Fellas, what's going on? How are you guys? Hanging in there, you know, nice little uh, holiday weekend. So even though I'm in quarantine, having off Monday feels beautiful because I'm a fourth grade teacher. So I have like Zoom calls with my students all the time. So just having Monday off is pretty glorious. You just freaked me out. I looked at my my calendar at the top of like of my computer screen. I was like, is it Monday? I have no idea what day it is. <laughs> These days are they're blending together. I'm losing my mind. Or I lost my mind. Oh uh, no, I totally get it, man. Totally get it. So, Tyler, I I we like we were saying before we start recording, I feel like we have plenty to talk about. So I want to hop right into it. So I just want to get kind of some clarification. So you are a noted Vegas Golden Knights fan, but from St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's get that out of the way first. Yep. Yeah. I, I just need some backstory to figure this all out. Hey, you said it politely though. You know how often I get chirped for that? Like it's it's a it's a common it's a common uh, chirp that I get from people for having technically having two hockey teams because I grew up in St. Louis, love hockey. You know, played as a kid, then started doing the music and band thing. So I stepped away from hockey, both like playing and watching. You know, I kind of just engulfed like music culture and touring and traveling. So it, I, I kind of fell off for a while and I started to chill out on touring. I left my old band and I found myself with a little bit more like of a homebody presence. And that's when I gravitated towards hockey again, like stronger and went back to playing and loving the sport for what it was and watching just about every game I could get my hands on. And yeah, I mean, I grew up a hockey fan. My wife did not. So trying to get her hyped on the blues was a task uh, to say, to say the absolute least, just because, you know, they're not winning. They weren't a very good team for a very long time. And not that, you know, that's important, but when you're trying to get somebody hyped on something, like in the very beginning of what they're going to grow to be passionate about, it kind of helps if you have a good team. So, oh, absolutely. My my yeah. wife is a saint because I made her become an Islander fan in 2006 when they were literally dog shit. And the fact that she has kind of hopped on board is just proof that she is she's an angel among us. Right. No, she's not. She didn't bandwagon onto like a good team or anything, no, no. which is which is like, you know, often the the kind of shit that I get for, you know, being a, a fan of this new team. But I mean, I guess long story short. I tried to get Jess into hockey, took her to a bunch of blues games. We actually, I asked her to be my girlfriend at a blues game. So I thought we were going to build this, like, you know, love for hockey together really early on. We're talking like nine years ago. And I remember distinctly, I can't remember what, who, I guess it was against the Kings. And I think it was a first round exit in the playoff game. And I sprung for some nice, nice seats, like closer to the glass. And we lost horribly. Like I, I, it was just a horrible game. And I had this like shit eating grin on my face and drinking my, you know, $10 beer. It just looked at me and she goes, is this, is this fun? Like, <laughs> is, is this fun for you? And I was like, yeah, like, how is it not fun? And she's like, well, they, that was bad. It was like horrible. And I, I, I guess I realized at that point I was like, 
she doesn't have this old school connection to this team. She wasn't around in the very beginning of like maybe even just being a kid and like learning what the love of hockey was. And so for her, it wasn't as I was used to losing. And I, I as an Islanders fan, I'm sure oh, yeah. you can uh, oh, yeah. relate to <laughs> relate to that. So I, I, you know, it didn't bother me as much when the team lost and, and putting money towards the team and supporting them. I, I just love the sport. But as far as Vegas goes, when we found out that they were going to have a team, that was like our second home. You know, we honeymooned there. We have friends there. I mean, we were there. I am there on average when there's not a global pandemic. I, I'm there at least once a month. It, it's just been a, like a home away from home. So when we found out they were going to have a team, I got hyped immediately before they even had a name, before they had a jersey reveal. So we lined up the a trip to go and see their Jersey reveal and be there for the NHL expansion draft. We were there when they picked their team. We were there for their inaugural season home opener. And for somebody that didn't already have a love for hockey to witness that like history in the making, like watching it from the get go, that's when she fully engulfed like her love for, for hockey. And when your wife wants to watch hockey and she's excited about watching hockey, I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's the best thing in the world, oh, right? yeah. you know? So, so yeah, so she fell in love with the team. I was already in love with the idea, but that was like what kind of pushed me over the edge. Uh, unfortunately she passed and uh, lost her, her battle with cancer. So when she finally left, it, it, it was like an apparent thing that my heart was with this new team. You know, I, I got to watch them from conception. I, I have so many fond, amazing memories watching hockey with my wife, you know, going to games. It, it was just such a big part. And and the fact that it was the biggest underdog story of my, you know, adult life that I can remember witnessing, you know, firsthand, um, you know, that was just the icing on the cake for me. No, I respect that. You know, and now I can't chirp you. <laughs> but so you know how uh, much you know how much that pisses people off <laughs> like they they want to they want to they want to talk shit on me so much about it and then i explain what my scenario is and they're like oh man like okay so you were there from the very beginning you got this this underdog story going on like okay i'll give you a pass yeah seriously so so you know obviously first and foremost you know our, our condolences you know our, our hearts go out to you you know it's uh it's just a, a terrible thing to hear but uh uh, you know, as far as your like your personal connection to Vegas itself, um, I, you know, just out of curiosity, I mean, you know, St. Louis, you know, to to Vegas is a you know a hop, hop skip and a jump. So, you know, like, what about just Vegas in general? Like, kind of like brought you there? You know, as a as a city or like as a hockey city? No, just like in general, like as a as a city, like you know, obviously. Does your connection to Vegas run deeper than just the nights? Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, I had my honeymoon there, my bachelor party there. We were there a lot. And we just fell in love with not only the Strip, but Summerlin and Henderson, all these like surrounding communities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, amazing weather, great food. We would have moved out there years ago if it weren't for health issues. So we traveled as often as we could. I still have like hopes and aspirations to potentially become a a resident, you know, like it's it Vegas and Nevada in general are always going to have just like a place in my heart. 
And and they proved aside from that, especially with all the speculation and then all the shit talking, like they really showed up as a sports city. And now they're getting the Raiders and they have a minor league baseball team. And it, it, it makes you wonder why they didn't have a professional sports team to begin with. And the fact that their first professional sports team was a hockey team is amazing for the sport and the league, because if it had started with the Raiders, the Knights might not have been as big of a ordeal as they were. And I mean, it did, I think it did great things for the NHL personally. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. And I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I remember when they announced that Vegas was getting a team and a hockey team, you know, I, 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 I had my doubts at first, man. I was like, Oh, you know, this, Building's going to be half full. It's just going to be all people that are getting tickets comp. They're not going to be hockey fans. It's, you know, the, maybe they'll last, you know, five years. And man, did I eat crow, dude, because like, the, you know, the, the people in Vegas, man, they, they came out and supported that team. And like, it was a, an unreal atmosphere. I mean, like, you know, people were saying, you know, that have been in that building that it's like, you know, it's like Canada level, like the amount of energy that they have in there. So, I mean, you know, Hopefully, you know, the the Raiders, you know, have that kind of atmosphere, but it's great to know that, you know, kind of the the measuring stick is is a hockey team. And I love that. Well, and can I ask uh, what are you also an Islanders fan? Are you guys both Islanders fans? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, OK, so like you guys know what it's like, obviously bouncing back and forth between arenas, having oh, some yeah. bad years, maybe having some fans hop on, hop off, you know, like but then but you have this like old school like hockey you know you're not original six or anything but there's that there's just that respect and that like loyalty and that like vibe that you have as being like a fan of a team it's i i had that as a blues fan you know and i still consider myself a blues fan i just i put the knights first because i was tired of people asking that question and it was kind of like a deciding factor like hey i care more about this team like i just i man i love that team we'll get to it we'll get to why i love them but um i guess as a blues fan i went through the same thing you know like we are um we do like hockey here in st louis but we're just like a sports like city we're we they definitely favor baseball we're more of a baseball city than we are hockey and i'm not a a baseball fan like at all I, i hockey is my one vice like that is my one addiction in in when it comes to the sports realm is is hockey so growing up as a fan of the sport i was always that kid that had other teams jerseys and looked for players and fell in love with individual like players and rosters and teams that weren't even necessarily like ones that i was loyal to i i kind of for a minute there would pretend that i was a ducks fan even though like i wasn't really I I didn't really know anything about the team. I just, those movies growing up were such a big part of why I loved hockey. So I always had two teams, I guess, in a sense, I'd love that logo, the old Anaheim logo. And they, um, so I, it made sense for me to kind of get a second team and to follow it because as a blues fan, there was, they were often first round bounce in the playoffs. So I had to gravitate to watching another team, like just watching, playoff hockey in general, I, I wouldn't want to be robbed of that. And, but I, I also like understand the loyalty to people like, no, if my team's not in the playoffs, I don't, I don't watch, but I mean, I can't live like that. I need more hockey. I need, I need, I need even more hockey than we have now. 
I love it. So I guess I want to talk about your cover of Gloria. So you, you, you kind of filled us in on your history of how you became a Vegas fan. And then like, you know, obviously the first season they go and are in the Stanley cup finals. So like you're gung ho, but then the very next season, your other team is in the Stanley cup finals and then goes on and wins the Stanley cup. So like, are you like, no, wait, actually I'm a blues fan. I swear I'm a blues fan. And then you guys, <laughs> well, your, well, your band yeah. <laughs> hard loss does a cover of Gloria, which was like the rally song for the blues that season and that Stanley cup run. So like, did you get shit for that from people? No, no, because like it was more getting shit for like not bouncing. You know what I'm saying? Like people wanted me to pick a team and I, I never really did. And that I, I, like I said, my heart was, is with the blues too. Like I ugly cried when they won the cup. I mean, I, there's photos of me just like swollen with alcohol, like the night that they won the cup. Like it was an emotional ride. It was amazing. But funny story about that is I had so many bets with my friends uh, that I made prior to like the nights, even like skating, even being a team. I had a few outstanding bets with them about one of them was my buddy, David. And I said, the Knights are probably going to win a cup before the blues do, <laughs> because, you know, being a blues fan used to heartache, you know, and I, I totally expected them to go another 50 years without a cup, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't think anyone saw that coming. They were last place in the league in January. A goalie that wasn't even at their rookie camp was like the guy that was supposed to come in and save the day. You know, they made that crazy blockbuster trade for, you know, Ryan O'Reilly. And then he shows up and he's just not doing what everyone thought he was going to do. I mean, it was, it was gloom again. I, I just, you know, but I, I never stopped loving the team. I never stopped supporting the team. I just, you know, that, that run, I, I'll never forget that. And honestly, I'm stoked that the blues won because the Knights got shafted so hard in that first round against the sharks with that five oh, minute yeah. major bullshit call. And I, man, that killed a little part of me inside. So, and, and knowing that what would have probably happened would have been a third round, you know, conference final blues versus Knights. I, I couldn't live with that. So I'm really glad that the Knights got bounced that year. The blues got their cup first. And so now when the Knights win their cup, I won't get shit on as much because the blues already won theirs. Cause I think for a while people were just kind of jealous that there was a new team that shows up and they almost win the cup in their first year. Oh, that would have, that would have killed me, dude. Like being an Islander fan, <laughs> that would have made me go into a real deep depression. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that right. they were successful, but I'm also happy that they didn't win that first year. Cause that would have just, <laughs> that would have been salt in the wound, man. See, I kind of I see the opposite side, even as not a Knights fan. I was a little pissed that the Capitals won before the Blues. So I was wondering why people were cheering on the Capitals at that point. I'm like, don't you want like a fluke expansion team to just kind of blow the sports world wide open than like another team that's pretty much like you, like win it before you? I mean, I don't know. It's it's like do you want your girl to cheat on you with a dude that like looks exactly like you? Or do you want like her to cheat on you with like a younger, like more attractive? <laughs> I don't know. You get what I'm I saying? You I say, know, but you know, watching Ovi win the cup was <laughs> glorious too, man. You know, he's a character. He's, he's actually someone that has personality in hockey. So I, I, I enjoyed right. every second of that being someone that was neutral in, you know, watching those games. But 
I, I, yeah, he definitely, he definitely like, so, like softened the blow a little bit, like seeing him party oh, and yeah. all that stuff and enjoy himself. Yeah. hundred percent. But I do want to actually go back to the Gloria cover. So like, how did that come about? Like, did you guys do it as a goof at first or like, did anyone on, on the actual like St. Louis blues reach out to you and like, want you guys to come to perform it or anything like that? Well, we performed at a game. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got to play at a game. There's a video on YouTube. So, and that was one of the most mind blowing nights of my life. Blues won, I think eight to three against the Oilers. Tarasenko got into a fight. He had a Gordie Howe hat trick. And we, we literally played facing in towards the arena, sold out crowd, 18,000 plus people. And like, they would be like, Oh, Hey, everyone, you know, now hard loss is going to play a song. And like, literally you could feel like the entire crowd, like just tilt their heads, like towards you is wild. So we had that connection with the blues and they, somebody at ESPN tweeted, I need a rock and roll cover of Gloria. Cause I'm so tired of hearing the song. I don't like the song, but I like the, the meaning behind it. So like, I'd really like to have a, um, you know, more alternative version of it. I, and I feel bad cause I, I can't remember his last name. I don't think he's no longer, he's no longer with the SBM, but his name was Kevin and he did wonders for us. He, cause basically we started getting tagged in uh, like that post on Twitter, like, Hey, hard loss. You'd be perfect for this. Like hard loss. You'd be perfect for this. And it took a little bit of convincing, but for the most part, cause not everybody in our band is fully like committed to hockey. Like we're me, Adam and, and coil are all, you know, three fifths of the band are really into hockey. So we were following up on it, but the other guys were kind of confused. They're like, why would we play this like ridiculous eighties pop song? Like, it's not, it's not even like one of the good ones. Like, what are we doing? Like, we don't, we don't get this. They didn't, they didn't quite grasp the the concept, but after a little bit of convincing and like research, the guys were all on board and we, you know, we went into the studio immediately and, and put it together. And I think it turned out great. And we shot a video. I, I actually, you know, literally just took my iPhone around with my dog Dior and uh, we just hit the city and highlighted all of the awesome things that St. Louis has to offer, put the video together and, and then put it out there on the internet for, you know, enjoyment. And, you know, people gravitated toward it, towards it and shared it. The blues retweeted it and, and got a little bit of traction and, you know, the rest is history. No, that's awesome. So, you know, it's been documented on our podcast that Ryan O'Reilly like is actually into this genre of music. And, you know, he, he became friends with Bryce Job from the spill canvas because of his love of the spill canvas. And I'm, I'm wondering did like O'Reilly reach out to you guys like, Oh my God, I love this cover. Cause I feel like that's his bread and butter. Oh, I wish, but he, so not quite a little bit better. Actually. I ran into Brett Hull at um my wife's work so she worked at a fine uh like fine dining uh italian restaurant so she would get brodeur uh she had all kinds of blues alumni in there all the time and so i'm at my men's league beer league right down the street playing and and she texts me and i'm in the locker room and she goes you brett hall is here and i was like is he are you gonna get fired if i come in and like kind of harass him because i need to meet him i need to meet him especially like now and um so this was after the blues won the cup and everything and he was like in his like it was that summer 
it was like just we're you know the cup was everywhere people oh, were partying yeah, he partied like he so, won the cup right exactly exactly so i barge in there and he's at the bar and i go up to him and we get into this conversation i just went right into it i'm like hey man i'm sorry to bother you blah 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 and he just he looked at me he goes he goes ha you look like you're in a band <laughs> i was like yeah you know like funny enough i'm i'm in this band blah blah, blah we did this and he he we talked about punk rock for like 15 minutes. It was amazing. He knew he knew exactly who we were. He knew about the Gloria cover. He thought it was awesome. Commended us on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was that was awesome. I I did meet O'Reilly, but when I met O'Reilly, it was at a hockey bar here in St. Louis called Ob Clark's, and it was after hours. And I didn't I I didn't really get into it too much with him. Like I felt like I was bothering him. It was right after the Blues had clenched first place, like in the uh in the conference i believe or at least or they i think or either maybe that or they they clinched play, a playoff spot so it was right before playoffs and i did he was there with shen and i didn't really want to be like what up you know hey it, it really get into it but uh they were both great dudes too cool so um i guess um we can go to your um new song that you guys just put out uh that is called Fast Travel to Riften. And in your music video, you're you're repping the Golden Knights. And the song also features Shane Told, and he's repping his Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. So Shane actually was one of our earlier guests on our podcast and uh definitely a huge Maple Leafs fan. So I, I'm guessing he knew you were a big hockey fan and and that's why he was rocking the jersey. Yeah, he's a he's a bud. He's a good bud of mine. We met a couple years back doing another podcast and he was in town from St. Louis and we all were chatting over um at this uh the studio for this other podcast and we got to talking about hockey. I was wearing a Golden Knights jersey obviously cuz I'm I'm pretty much always wearing something. Like when you said when we when we first connected the interview, you're like, "Oh, cool." I it's cool. You're wearing the Jersey. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even notice. Like I, I'm like, I'm that guy. I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing something golden Knights at all times, whether it's a hat or a shirt or a Jersey. And, uh, he has family. His sister is from Vegas. So, or lives in Vegas currently. So him and I hit it off talking about not only hockey, but just Vegas in general and our love for that team and the love for the city. So we exchanged numbers and we became sports buddies, like just kind of texting every once in a while about hockey and shooting the shit. And, uh, it's awesome that you had him on because I was actually going to suggest that you guys reach out to him because yeah, he's a huge Maple Leafs fan. And uh, actually, so am I, I, I love, I have a soft spot for the Leafs. So I have like another team that I really kind of follow. Um, just because man, I love Austin Matthews, it's such a stud and, uh, him and I just, yeah, we text back and forth and we, we were doing a new album and there was a part where our guitar player looked at me and he said, you sound like Shane uh, from Silverstein on, on this part. And I was like, well, shit, if I sound like him, why don't we just get him to do it? Like he would, <laughs> you know, he would do it more justice. And uh, so, yeah, reached out to him and he, he did, he let the, his vocals in the video and everything turned out pretty uh damn rad no that's awesome yeah shame was great and like it was fresh off of Tavares's first game back to long island so like maple Leafs fans were super sad a about how islander fans booed him so 
Where do you stand? Where do you? Okay, so I, I'm talking to two Islanders fans. Like, how on a scale of one to ten, like how how pissed were you? Tom, you could go first. I'll I'll go after. <laughs> um, I was pissed until I I really got to see how good Barzi was, and then I stopped being pissed. That's probably the the most diplomatic way to say it. Um, I, you know, when it first happened, I was bitter about it, and I mean, how could you not be bitter about? you know, your, your star player and your, your captain jumping ship. And, you know, as the days went by, I started to soften uh, just because, you know, you start to realize that you think about these guys as hockey players first and people second, but, you know, as a person, I mean, you know, John got the opportunity to play, you know, for the, the team that he grew up, you know, admiring and, you know, that, how, how could you, how could you fault someone for that? I mean, the the way it it happened was a little crappy. You would have liked for some transparency, and who knows, man? Maybe maybe John really did want to stay, you know, in New York, and it just couldn't get done, or the numbers weren't right for him. But you know, over time, it's it's not hitting me with with daggers as bad. And and like I said, the other reason is, you know, it allowed other guys to start showing up. And you know, once Tavares left, you know, Bailey started started, you know jumping up on his game and obviously we got to see more of Barzi and people started stepping up and you know it was kind of a blessing in disguise because Tavares leaves the rest of the team you know as a as a fuck you to him is like yeah well we you know let's play better and let's you know show this guy that we can win games without him and that's just what they did so you know I, I can't be be too bummed about it but I will say that like I definitely don't never did I nor will I ever get behind some of these shitty Islander fans that are like, you know, death threats and all this bullshit. It's, you know, uh, hockey is life, but it, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a game. No one should be dying over this shit. No one should be getting death threats or getting spit on or any of that nonsense. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's not, it's not me, but that's how I feel about it. Now, you know, I just want to put it like out there that, Tom and I aren't losing sleep over the fact that John Tavares isn't on our team anymore. Like, you know, Tom has kind of already pointed out it, it it's just sports. So, you know, I, I go about my day and I watch hockey for enjoyment, but it doesn't like keep me up at night. So, you know, I totally can now look back and say, you know what? I get why John Tavares left. I, I kind of wish he would have done things a little better to, you know, tell management that he was thinking about you know making that decision and like even if it was just a possibility that way management could have acted and tried to trade him at the deadline and got something because you don't really hear of captains and superstars leaving for free agency and and teams getting absolutely nothing in return yeah that that is not the most classy move but then as um you were saying, though, who knows what was going on with negotiations? You know, who knows, like, if at the at that moment they were holding on to, like, false hope? It, maybe he did somewhat give them a heads up, and they were like, oh, man, we can't lose this guy. Like, he's an elite player. He's our captain. He's, like, the face of the organization. Like, we, we, we really need to try to do everything we can. I thought it was kind of lame that, you know, there wasn't anything in return, because especially for Tavares, he would think that he, any team would be willing to, oh, yeah. to 
you know, give up some picks at, at bare minimum for it. Um, that does sting a little bit. It did get out of hand though with, uh, with everything. Like it reminds me of that, uh, that, uh, scene in Anchorman where they're like back at the office and they're all just like talking like, man, it really that <laughs> yeah. escalated pretty quickly. Didn't well, it? I, I knew that was coming but, just uh, because I know yeah. our fan base, but the video, the videos <laughs> that surfaced. So first of all, like the videos of all the fans crying in the parking lot and like the dear John letter. I don't know if you saw that video, but it was recorded by News 12, which is like the local news station of Long Island that no one watches unless you are like seeing if there are school closures for a snow day. So like it's not <laughs> it, it's not a credible sports channel or, or news network. So like right. the fact that that's the video that surfaced, like just made the fan base look pathetic and like look like we're a bunch of dweebs. So like that. It made it made you look like Flyers fans is what it made yeah, you look just, like, and that's it, not it, good. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't like they didn't talk to some of the fans that are re- doing like really great things in our fan base. They talked to some of the more lame, like dweeby, nerdy fans that just made us all look bad. But you know, at the end of the day, like Tom said, it let Barzy shine, and you know we have some young prospects that are you know, going to definitely make a splash in the NHL. And I forget right. who said it, I, you know, they, during this whole like quarantine and COVID stuff, you know, there has been a lot of player content that has come out. And one of the players was interviewed by NHL.com. And he said that Matt Barzell is going to be like top five player in the NHL in the next like two, two to three years. So. Yeah. I mean, he's super, he's super impressive. Um, and as you said, like, I know, I know all about em- embarrassing fans, you know, like I actually was interviewed in Vegas, uh, by like a, a YouTube channel that was going around, like trying to catch dumb, like Knights fans. And I get it. I mean, they're, they're new. I mean, these people are for the most part have never had you know, any sort of professional sports in their lives. I mean, some, some of them were, you know, Las Vegas Wranglers fans. Like I, I think that was an AHL affiliate or, or it was a, just a minor league club. And so there are some people there that do know hockey, but I mean, for the most part, you can't really fault people for not knowing about a sport that they just got. But yeah, I mean, they were out like interviewing people trying to catch just like stupidity and ignorance. And I like roasted that dude like hard. He like interviewed me, interviewed me, expecting me to just be a bum. And I just schooled him on all hockey knowledge. And he was just like blown away. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, there are, if you go out there and you watch like YouTube videos of like golden Knights fans, it's the same thing. It's like, there are fans out there that of every team, not just, you know, the Islanders or the flyers or any of that, there's going to be fans of any team and any sport that are going to make the franchise look not as uh, classy or as knowledgeable as it probably is perceived all the way around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and the other, the other thing, the other point I want to bring up uh, about the whole, you know, Tavares debacle. And then, you know, after that we can, you know, we can move on, but it's just uh, from an outside perspective, looking in, you know, and, and, and again, this is as an honor fan, this is hard to, to swallow. I mean, every other team that looks at that situation, they're like, okay, well, you know, they had John on their team for seven or eight years. 
you know, what what did they do to try to build around this stud? And like, and truly, the answer is like not a not a damn thing, you know. So I mean, like, you know, we're we're sitting here, you know, picking up these like you know B plus C plus people and putting them, you know, around this superstar. And like, how do you expect someone to, you know, consider longevity? You know, consider signing with a team when he looks back on his career and he's like, what has this organization done to to put together a winning team? And you know, for Islanders fans, it's hard to see that that avenue because you just think of, you know, the the fact that, you know, he was our guy and he had the C and, you know, he left on on such terrible terms. But, you know, any other franchise would look at that situation and be like, well, I mean, like, what did why do they deserve to keep him? And and I think a lot of that is true, because had we had really tried to spend you know real money to try to pick up you know, a, a big number two guy to, to, you know, to be his right-hand guy, you know, maybe it would have been different. But, I mean, you know, we put him with Bailey. We put him with Matt Molson. We put him with, like, all these guys who were just, like, you know, they went on to other teams and they just kind of floundered. So, like, what does that say, you know? Yeah, he had to carry the team for a while. I mean, that's why there's so many highlight real goals and plays from him and he's a I mean he's a fun player to watch but as you said he he took I mean he took less to go to a team he loved I yeah, mean you got yeah. you got to respect that too it's not like he he went where it's not like he pulled an Eric Carlson and went where the most amount of money was going to take him and in exactly. my opinion I think that that sings more you know when he left Ottawa and went to the Sharks and I mean he's kind of through his prime at this point. So you really shouldn't be that bummed out, but yeah, I mean, going where the paycheck is instead of where your heart is or not like even just a combination of the two, that's always like not fun to see, especially in a sport like hockey. Cause hockey is more loyalty driven. It's more honor, loyalty, respect. It's, it's like, it's like the punk rock, like metal hardcore version of sports. I love, so you always want (laughs) to see, you always want to see the, like, the love you want to see the passion and dedication yeah. so so i i do have a, a just to kind of transition into some of the music stuff real quick so um you know just looking through your um you know your uh your discography here it looks like a couple of years ago you guys released a couple of of singles a couple of cover songs um one of which being flag pulsita um you know which is uh you know by harvey danger which is an awesome awesome song um so on that note, you know, as far as nineties alternative music and stuff, like how much of an influence has that had on your, your band, you know, in, in picking a song like that. And I mean, you know, of any other nineties alternative songs that like you guys could see yourselves putting your spin on any that come to mind and like, you know, any favorite nineties alternative bands that you guys have, you have personally, uh, just cause that's like, you know, that kind of was one of the things that, really started me on music when I was like six or seven. And then I started kind of transitioning into, you know, punk rock and emo and all that stuff. Absolutely. Well, I'm the oldest dude in our band and the rest of the guys are, are, are not quite a bit younger than me, but by a few years. So they are the, the, nice. the definition of nineties kids. Like I was born in eighties, okay. like late eighties, but like, um, there was no, conversation or argument whenever we really when we delve into what songs we were gonna like work with that yeah that song particular actually is funny because my buddy 
who I, I do my podcast with, uh, Tommy, he brought up casually in conversation one time. He was like, man, like Harvey Danger is like the perfect goal song. Like, I don't know why it's not a goal song for a team. So that was kind of where it spawned in my mind. I was like, oh, well, sh- well, shit, if we can maybe like speed it up a little bit, give it a little bit more beef, maybe a team will use it or maybe it might have that kind of vibe or aesthetic. Um, yeah, I mean, big into the 90s, uh, Jim Blossoms are like one of my all time. Oh, yeah. Bands. Love so, Jim Blossoms. Yeah. And we we've talked about doing a, a cover EP. Uh, it's it's like early, early uh, talks, but we kind of want to do eventually like a dad rock cover EP, like take bands that were in the 90s, like maybe Creed and Three Doors Down yeah. and, and these like these dad rock bands and, and like make them emo rock and kind of like give it like the spin because there it's, it's songwriting at its, at its best. In my opinion, like some of those bands going back to even like Jim Blossoms, it's, it's pretty much pop punk, especially yeah. where pop punk like went uh, with the whole shoegaze emo sad boy, like phase that it, it just, a lot of that just sounds like Jim Blossoms to me. So I think some of those songs with a little bit more, you know, beef behind them, maybe up the tempo, give some, get some up to date recordings, I think can translate extremely well. Like that, um, the four years strong, they did that. They did a pretty Explains much. Explains it all. Yeah. 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 90s cover thing. And I think a lot of that stuff translated really, really well, actually. So yeah, we're, we're not done with the idea of covering more songs. We just discovered this darker heavier side of our band and the guys are really hyped on new music which is why we put out the ep as three songs unfortunately real life got in the way and we we didn't get to finish recording like we wanted to like keep going at at one point there was discussion of even doing like a full-length album but you know my wife passing and then the pandemic real life got real serious real quick and we decided sure. you know we like these three songs the way they are and we'll put them out and uh you know so that's where we're exploring now but it's definitely a um a goal of ours to keep doing like the 90s covers and the alternative vibe yeah sweet man i i, I think that's a it's a great thing too i and i forget who it was man that we were talking to um i think it might have been pat from in all alone, maybe, uh, I mean, I forget, but we're talking to someone and we pretty much came to the conclusion that like some of the best, like pop punk or emo hooks, right? Like some of the best choruses, like some of the best bridges, like if you pluck them out of like the, the, like the pop punk infrastructure, right? Like if you pluck them out of the heavy guitars and like, you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know, crunchy bass and all that stuff. And like, you put them in a pop song, like they would work just as well, because that's really what people are, are looking for. People are looking for something they can hum along to and sing along to. And I mean, a band like the, the wonder years, you know, like they, they're just that, that archetype because they literally like just write these unreal humongous choruses um, that like, if, you know, you, you took, a chorus out and gave it to Madonna or like Camilla Cabello or like any of them to <laughs> sing, like it'd be, you know, they'd be making millions of dollars. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, it's true, you know? So, so I think that's the, that's the, the thing in that parallel between like 
some of that 90s music was like a lot of it, you know, that alternative music came out of, you know, pop music in the 80s and like, you know, hair metal in the 80s and like all this stuff that was like very, you know, very hook driven. So well, it was know, it, in, in my opinion, it was like the transition from grunge to where we are today is where that alternative pop 90s kind of sound comes from. And it, it's funny that you said that about the Wonder Years, because they're arguably my all time favorite band. Big, big fan. Um, they did that cover um, of R.E.M., they did that REM cover and they nailed it. And was it losing my religion or? Uh, yeah, they did losing my religion for like an Amazon, like, Oh, sweet. Uh, original. Yeah. I think they recently just uploaded it on Spotify. Like the Amazon, like, um, contract ran out. So they, they put it up and it's great. I've always said about that band and I might be completely on my own here, but they remind me of counting crows and it like, not like it's it's not that they sound sonically like the counting crows it's just like the counting crows were like the more artistic version of the gym blossoms yeah where they were okay super, I see, I, yeah I, I'm, I love that comparison like i really do because now that i think about it like if you think of um man like that would be a cool thing to explore so if you so if you would say that the wonder years are like the counting crows right so like what what band would be like the like the now like the iteration today of like the smashing pumpkins you know right like a right. Like, a, like a little bit of heavy little bit of uh like even a little bit of like shoegazy stuff the little bit of uh you know the twinkly stuff in there like i, I wonder like the, that, that's such a cool parallel but i i absolutely hear hear what you're saying and i i love it you know because you know when i think of the counting crows like i think of yeah like they're more artistic they were a little bit more brazen they did a little bit more instrumentally um i definitely like i've never heard that but like it clicks immediately it really well, does. like a, like imagine just like colorblind with soupy singing it or like you know even mr jones like you can you could totally you could totally just make that connection and they're, they're you know in or like the story so far like they're trying to do like this whole oasis thing now where they've like really yeah. chilled out their music and like, you know, homies just kind of like standing there with sunglasses on and, yeah. you know, being Mr. Cool dude, which I'm not, I'm not talking shit on it, on it all, but I, I get the whole aesthetic, but they're totally trying to like channel that nineties alternative rock too. And, but I think it's important, as you said, the hooks are the most important. So if you have that with like this, like raw emotion and like emo vibe, like you got everything. And that's, that's kind of, what I've been pushing with our music through hard losses. Obviously I've had, I have a, a, a past, um, you know, a history with metalcore and grew up, you know, in heavier bands, but always been more of an emo punk rock guy. And I started this band and, and when I started out, I, I was really subconscious about like my singing. I'm not the best singer in the world. I can't sound pretty. Like I can try, but I can only do so much. So like our first CP has like, you know, like essence of where we're going to head. But I think now that we're like more aggressive, I, I've been calling it aggressive emo. Like I'm able yeah. to like really like get my point across vocally and really like force myself outside of my comfort zone. And I'm not I'm not too focused on it being pretty or like 
is this pop punk? Like, is this going to work? It's, it's just kind of like its own dark, aggressive emo vibe that like I can fit into that, you know, into that like comfortably. So yeah. And that's, you got the hooks, right. But you, you don't got the Katy Perry voice and that's why you can have those, those hooks and more people are going to connect to them because they feel your emotion. Like they feel the imperfections and they hear, you know, hear yeah. all that through your, through your, uh, attack. Absolutely. As I would say. No, for, for sure, man. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely excited to kind of see in what direction you guys go, you know, after putting the EP out, um, one quick thing I, I do just want to mention, and me and Mikey had actually talked about it, I think, an episode or two ago, but um, the Counting Crows, interestingly enough, back in 2004, uh, there was this, uh, this cover record that, that came out that was dedicated to um, the Counting Crows. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but if you can find it on the internet or something, it's called Dead and Dreaming. Um, and it's got uh, all these different bands cover Counting Crows songs. Boys Night Out is on there. Bayside, the junior varsity hidden in Plainview, like all of those like mid 2000s emo, like stalwart kind of bands. But on it is this like haunting, haunting cover of Colorblind that Between the Buried and Me does. Now, of course, you, you think Between the Buried and Me, you know, you, you think it's going to be proggy and medley, but it's not. It's like stripped down. It's beautiful. It's, uh, you get a chance, man. Um, check it out, man. It's, it's, it's got, and it's got like, all the hits, man. It's got raining in Baltimore around here, you know, uh, uh, holiday in Spain. So, Tom, you uh, asked me what was my favorite song off of that. And then like, I couldn't think on the fly, but it was holiday in Spain. And I never, I, I still to this day have never heard the Counting Crows version. And I don't know if I want to, cause it's just so good on that album. <laughs> Number one fan was a great band. That's, that's who covered holiday in Spain. But if you get a chance, um, to check it out, definitely do. Uh, just because it, it, like I said, it's it's such an interesting um, kind of rehashing of all this this stuff, um, and it's just cool to hear like how people interpret it. And uh, and uh, definitely, yeah, but definitely, if you can listen to that that version of Colorblind, it really is beautiful. But um, so kind of harkening back now, obviously, you know, you said you've got some roots in metalcore and, and stuff, so I know. Um, you know, obviously you were, you know, in a more aggressive band that was on, on victory for a while. I know you're no longer, you know, really doing stuff with them, but, um, just for my own personal interest, like, I know that this is kind of like victory in 2010 versus, you know, victory in the early two thousands, but you know, what was your experience working with that label? You know, how was that? Um, how was the process? I, I have a, a completely different story from who you'll hear anything from. I have nothing but awesome things to say about Victory. I I was mind blown, to be honest with you, about how well they took care of our band. There were a few things that happened that I won't really get into that I'm not exactly happy with. But at the end of the day, there I could see why. You know, like I, I could see why decisions were made and, and choices were made and and but ultimately i thought they took great care of us we were just a, a bunch of punk kids that were trying really hard to to make a splash on like an oversaturated scene we can only do so much like we were a pretty generic sound to be honest with you you know it was it 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 wasn't like we could have done what we did without victory and i'm very thankful that they believed in us when they did 
they, their staff, Tony and I had a great relationship. I, I haven't spoken to him in years at this point, but even when we parted ways, cause we parted ways before victory sold and before I quit the band, um, they, we asked out of our contract, which if you've heard from anybody, it, it's impossible. Victory will not let you go. They will not, you know, watch you walk to a different label. Like they're going to hold you hostage basically with your music and your art. And that was kind of the problem with these bands that got too big mm-hmm. for their britches, you know, like a day to remember or, you know, Hawthorne Heights, they, they blow up and they they're massive and they want more and more and they're hungry for more, but victory is not going to let them go. I reached out, had a great relationship with Tony, you know, and I was like, Hey, look, you know, we got these new songs. They were actually wind up being the last songs I did with the band. I was like, we want to put it out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, well, you know, let's talk album. And I was like, no, it's, I think at the time it was 2017 maybe. And I was like, no one's doing albums anymore. Like it, it's just not a thing. Like we've been silent long enough and been like two years since our, since dead everywhere had dropped and, people were hungry for more. We had a whole new lineup of, of dudes in the band. And I was like, look, we need to get music out like now. And he didn't answer right away. And then finally I was just like, look, Hey, like we want to put this out. You know, can we, can we do that? He goes, he's like, yes, you are free and clear of any and all obligations with victory. And that still blows every one of my friends in the industry's mind that we, that we could get out of our contract like that. And that, we had such a close relationship with Tony and I, I was like, that's it. Like, are we, we good? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll make money off your back catalog. If somebody <laughs> else, if somebody else wants to, you know, pick you guys up and, and, and work with you, like let it happen because I'm going to make money regardless. I mean, he's a smart dude. He knows how to sell albums. Yeah. He's got the money and the backing to it. And like I said, I can say nothing but with great things and, I think it was, I think everything happened for a reason. I think it was good. I, I mean, would I, would I sign again? I, I don't know. Probably not because I enjoy the freedom with my band now to be able to drop a three song EP, to be able to drop a cover song, to be able to yeah. just to, to have the freedom to do this. And we've been financially stable as a band on our own, just being a regional band, not, not even touring heavy and not like, nationally traveling or any of that stuff we've been able to be self-sustainable on just spotify and youtube with putting out these songs and being able to do whatever we want if if i was contractually obligated there's no way in hell we could have done gloria like there's no way like they wouldn't have approved it or they would have had a say in it and i yeah i'm i'm enjoying the freedom of of being an independent artist i mean the obviously you can always get more from a label but at this point you know we're doing just fine on our own. All right. I like it. So I guess I have one final question. Um, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, but you do have your own podcast, which is called fourth line goon. And I just want to hear more about your podcast for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with it. Like what are some of your topics that you go and discuss? And then obviously with a name like fourth line goon, I have other questions that I would also like to ask about, you know, the current state of hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk hockey. I love that. Um, hockey's way tighter than music. <laughs> I love them both, but 
I'm at the point now in my life where hockey uh, is going to, is going to take precedent. Um, yeah. So I have a podcast with my buddy, Tommy called fourth line goon started as a Facebook page that I wanted to do because I was a part of a Facebook group called NHL trash talk. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it at all. It kind of got a little bit of traction. Um, I don't really do much Facebook and, grouping, I guess. I, sh- I guess we should if we run a podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, I mean, you guys seem to be doing just fine. But And, honestly, this is kind of a – you don't want that stress on you anyways. The page was very stressful, very toxic. Um, it's just a lot of shit. It's exactly the name. It's, it's a lot of shit talking. Uh, and I decided I wanted to break away and – from that, even though I was just like a member, but I was a contributing member to the page. I I wanted to like do something that was, had that charm, like the, the chirping charm, if you would. Uh, but like was still ultimately a hockey fan site and not like a trash talk page. So I decided to start fourth line goon as just like a Facebook page with memes and just trying to get people talking about hockey and from there we got popularity. So I started doing like shirt designs and then that turned into the podcast. I mean, I already had that kind of business plan implemented. I mean, that's where I'm, I I can't do anything without going full on. It's just how I am. So that became a thing. And yeah, I mean, we both, both Tommy and I, the co-host of the podcast, we appreciate you know, the, the grittiness of the sport and love the, the hustling, you know, fourth liners and, and the people that, you know, are really passionate about what they do and not necessarily just all skill, but I, it, hockey is a violent sport and that's where I stand and that's where the name came from. And, and that's kind of what we, uh, what we believe in. Okay. So are, do you have like former enforcers come as guests on your podcast? We haven't had a guest yet because it's been, we tried to establish ourselves separately, if you will. We didn't want to be like a spit and chicklets clone, even though that's kind of what it is. We just wanted to be dudes hanging out, talking about hockey. And we, we, we wanted to really stress to people that we didn't know anything differently than they could find out from Twitter. We weren't former NHL players. It's just dudes talking about dude things. And we kind of wanted it to be what you guys do, honestly, like more um, throw in hockey and, 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 uh, you know, culture aspects to it and not just be about hockey, like have music and movies and television, all that stuff. But it just kind of became pretty much strictly hockey. I've thought about where we've taken a break because obviously we don't have much to talk about right now. Uh, when we come back, we've been we've been in talks with a lot of uh, people that would be great, um, especially being from St. Louis. Like I've talked to Cam Jansen, oh, yeah. talked to Biz. Um, you know, we've we've had talks of bringing guests on. So I think we might do that when we kind of relaunch with hockey coming back. But right now, there's not really too much to talk about. And, you know, we don't have the spin that you guys do where you, you do the whole music thing, too. So. Um, which is great. Like when you guys reached out, I was like, holy shit, this, I need to subscribe to this podcast. Cause this is a great idea. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it's definitely a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we, we had John Morasti on one of our episodes who is a, a former goon from the Syracuse crunch. And I would be more than happy to put you in contact with him because he is a great guest. 
and I, you guys would have a blast chatting with him. Oh, I'd love it. You please do. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely want to like highlight that kind of play and that's, that's the most fun to talk oh, about. He, you know, he's like, an open book. And I was like, man, he's going to go off on stories that might get him in trouble. And I like, we had to like rail it, reel it in. We're like, all right, <laughs> let's try to stick with some maybe music talk at this point, because he was talking about some of the stuff he got in, in, in the KHL. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what makes hockey great. In my opinion, I don't know if that's just the old man and me saying that, but, I do appreciate skill and I do like watching players with ridiculous hands, you know, like Austin Matthews and Tavares and, you know, William Carlson and all that. Um, but you know, the guys that are the heavy hitters and the instigators and the shit disturbers, like that's the entertainment. Like that's not like any sport ever, you know, it's not even like football, which is, you could argue is a more physical sport than hockey if if you'd like but i mean you're wrong because there's not personality in it like there's not you're not getting in the heads of other players when you're tackling them quite like you are you know when you go shoulder to shoulder with a guy in the boards and my favorite my favorite player probably of all time is is reeves is revo like that's i'm above and beyond for that dude and i i appreciate that not only his work ethic but like just how solid of a duty is and how, how he plays the game. I mean, it's just so much fun. And, you know, they say he's the last of, of his kind, but I, I, I sure hope not, man. Yeah. I think, you know, the code is a real thing and it'd be sad if it was gone in, in the sport. And, you know, there, there are a few like, you know, last of the enforcers that are still hanging around and hopefully there's a new batch coming up. So for sure. Uh, I guess I I do have one more final question then, <laughs> even though I just already asked the final question, but no, please, please. Yeah. I love this. When uh, news broke, you know, a couple of days ago that we might be having a 24 team playoff and, you know, even some of the, you know, initial playoff brackets have started to surface. And what, what I've seen is teams like, Vegas Golden Knights and the St. Louis Blues having kind of like a first round bye. How do you feel about that? I, it's the only way you can do 2014. No, I, I totally get like, that. But absolutely. do you feel like they are going to benefit by having a little more rest and time to practice? Or is it going to, you know, no. it's going to hurt I th- them? I think it might be the I think it might be the opposite. Honestly, I think the buy might hurt a lot of those teams. They've already had enough time off. Even the GM over at um, the Vegas Golden Knights said, I don't even want a month of preseason. Like he doesn't want like a month of, of camp. He just wants 10 days because he, at this point, everybody's healthy. They're ready to get on with the season. Like you're either ready to, to go for it or you're not. That's just the reality. Like, you don't need any more time to get into shape than two weeks. You're either out of shape to the point where you just can't, you're not going to be able to pull it together in time to like win the cup or you, you can bounce back and yeah, you got to do the buys. I personally think the 2014 thing is a little goofy because if one of those teams winds up winning, then there truly will be an asterisk by their name with the cup. And I think that that's lame. I don't want any sort of a, 
team to have an excuse for that. I don't really want to be that sour fan that is like, oh, well, you know, because come on, dude, if if the Hawks win the cup, I'm going to throw up (laughs) like I'm physically going to be ill because it won't make any sense. But I mean, I guess I also just have to think to myself, if you weren't good during the regular season, you're probably not going to be good now. You're probably going to be way worse than even you were. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Bring it back. Bring it back in any way you have to. Empty stadiums, 24 teams, whatever. I'm going to watch. Everybody's going to watch. And it's going to be great for the sport because no other sport is going to be on. And everybody's going to gravitate towards hockey and it's going to do a lot more for the league, which is why I think that they're holding on to it. I think that that a, they're scared that they won't be able to bounce back if they cancel the season, because hockey's kind of always been that lower tier sport, unfortunately. And I think that B they're thinking this is a business opportunity to grow the league by having people tune in that would have never tuned in like baseball fans that are upset that we're getting into July and there's no baseball. It it makes sense for it to happen. Um, I just hope that it's a fun and intense experience as it always is while watching playoff hockey. Yeah. You know, I think at this point we all just have like our fingers and toes crossed that the NHL players association approves the vote and, you know, they start reporting to camps and hopefully it doesn't have to drag out until end of July. Hopefully, hopefully they could start like early to mid July. I think that'd be ideal because you know, once the season starts going into like September, like and even end of September, I feel like Americans' minds are just shifting to football, and we can't compete like with that. Like, you know, if we're trying to do this to gain new fans, like let's go when there's nothing else going on. Right. I think at that point they're at the hands of like the government, though. Unfortunately, because they wanna they wanna move forward with everything, and I know you guys have are probably just as well read on, on it as I am the, you know, the hubs of having two different centralized areas to where the Eastern and Western conference could meet up. Like all those teams can just meet up in one area. And I know they were talking about Vegas being one, which I brought up months ago. I was like, it's perfect. You know, it's the only place where a team can have their own hotel themselves. There's enough places to put sheets of ice And I mean, yeah, it's hot and that's an issue on its own, but that's not near as bad of an issue as just trying to find a place that can house that many players and teams. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to where they're going to put it on the East Coast. I I, I would I would assume Texas, which is weird or Florida. But I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I I have zero idea what to expect. I don't really think they, they even have an idea, but I think that they know it's important to push forward. And I'm glad that they are because. Going through a hockey lockout is just oh, horrible, dude. I shit, can't go- shit. Just going through the pre, just going through like the off season sucks. Yeah, dude, dude. My senior year of high school was a lockout, and that was so depressing. Like, you you think about when you can like finally coast it and like not really take school as serious, and there was no freaking hockey to watch or no games to go to. That was so brutal. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, Tyler. It really has been. Oh, wait, wait. I, I got one more. <laughs> I got one more thing. Real quick. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. So, so no, no. So here's here's what I'm gonna do for you, man. I'm gonna give you two recommendations of two songs from the '90s that you should definitely 
definitely cover if you ever put out that cover that cover record. All right, I'm gonna give them to you now. Okay. All right, the first one, very underrated, "Out of My Head" by Fastball. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. You probably have. It's the one, the one to do. I promise you, it's the one, the one to do. I like that song. It's a good song. Did you do you remember when they did? They did like they stole that melody and put it in a pop song like a year yeah ago. And, and that's why you need to do it because you need to bring it back to the to its glory days because because that wasn't very good that was actually camilla Carvello who we just talked about i'll never and, get over you say dude i hate to say it that's like the whitest white version to say her name it's so bad <laughs> and then and then the other one that you got to do and this is a little bit of a deep track but it's one of my favorite Ben Fold songs and it's called Not the Same. And it's oh, about man. his buddy who like went up in a tree and like he like was on like mushrooms or something. He found God and he came out of a tree. Bro, it's a great song, incredible song. And I think, you know, putting some like dark aggressive energy into it, dude. I I, I would I would I would buy that on on iTunes. I would buy it. <laughs> I'd buy it on iTunes. But um, but yeah, I'm sure Mikey was gonna say this, so I'll just say it. <laughs> Um, dude, it's been great having you. It's been great chatting with you. Uh, you know, it's awesome when we, when we get guests on here that are super passionate, you know, uh, about hockey and, um, you know, that, that's what it's all about, man. You know, we're, we, we talk about the crossover all the time and how important it is, but you know, you, you live and breathe that. So we, we really appreciate your perspective. Um, you know, obviously we, you know, wish for, for only good things for you in the future. Obviously, you know, we're, we're going to spin that EP a bunch. Uh, and you know, when the time is right for you, you know, to actually put out a, a full length record the way you guys want to do it, you know, we're, we're going to be right there with you. Um, you know, just, just putting you on blast and making sure that, that everybody we know gets to hear it. Cause we, we really do love what, what you got going on. So, um, you know, again, Tyler, hard loss, go out there, listen to it, stream it, get with it. And then, you know, when when my man puts out this Ben Fold song, you're gonna know that it was it was it was here it was, first. This is where it originated. This is, this is where, where it was. Hey, so I I got I got a question for you guys because I want to I want to ask a, I want to ask a question because it's not like every day that I get to talk about hockey as much as I as we have. This is so this is something that that uh, I've been talking about with my friends lately. Who we were doing three, but you don't got to do three. Let's just I just want to ask you guys who is your favorite player that is not on your team who is your number one player that you get stoked on watching in general maybe not when they're when they're playing the islanders but who who is like one player that you just you have a soft spot for we're talking current players current okay. players in the league right now who who's like who's the, the 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 player that you admire the most that's not on your team all right so one comes to my mind right away and I know he, it's like at the end of his career. So people are probably like, why? But Matt Zuccarello, because I, I think back to those 2010 Winter Olympics when he was playing for Team Norway and wasn't on an NHL roster and was literally making some NHL players look stupid. And I was like, why is this guy not in the NHL? And then sure enough, the Rangers picked him up like a week later. But definitely Zuccarello. Um, Tom, you you fire off one so I can think a little deeper about this. Um, I mean, I love watching watching Nuge play. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, man. I I think he's he's a he's a special player. 
Um, just the, the way he, he just commands attention, man. I love him. I love him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I already brought it up like, and I'm just a huge Austin Matthews fan. <laughs> I'm yeah. such a big fan of like how like cocky that dude became like watching him be such a like humble young kid scoring four goals in his first NHL game. Like if you go back and watch his sellies and stuff, he's just kind of like almost in like, like not going to say embarrassed, but he's, you know, beat red and just kind of chill about it. And it, to me, it's, it's cool to watch him have grown into like such a confident player. Um, I was a little surprised to see Tavares take the C being like so new to Toronto. Like I get it. Like he's got the past with it. I think if, I think if, um, Matthews hadn't screw, like screwed up and and uh and mooned that female security guard or whatever in Arizona. I think he would have been. I personally think he would have been rocking the sea. So. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't disagree, man. That was just it's one of those kind of boneheaded things that like you just it makes you realize that like some you know these guys are still kids, you know, and they're just like they're just idiots, man. You know, I I remember reading about that story and just thinking like, you know, what the fuck is this kid doing? Like, you know, he's putting like his professional career in jeopardy. Uh, I don't know, man, but, uh, but I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's another interesting thing about Tavares too, is, you know, Tavares, you know, is the center of attention on the Islanders and he goes over to a Toronto team and he's essentially playing second fiddle to, you know, a better hockey player, you know? So right. I don't know. Maybe I thought maybe it was weird that he wanted to, I thought it was weird that he wanted to be a captain. It was it. I think he went there with every intent to not be a captain and not be like such a strong face. Because, I mean, when everything when shit hits the fan, you're one of the first people after the goalie that you blame. And I I was very surprised that he took it. And I think he took it like randomly. I, I think they had every intention of giving it to Matthews. I get he's yeah. a young kid. He's made some mistakes. Um I mean, but he's dude, he's on top of the world right now and he's only going to get better. I, I don't think he's even hit his peak yet. And I, I truly believe that that team has got some, some promise. If they can, if they can fix their, their, uh, their defense situation that looks absolutely horrid, then they are going to be a very, very scary team. And I'm, I look forward to seeing what Austin Matthews can do with his career. Yeah. And I guess I could fire off number two and number three for me. And it's just going to be the Kachuk brothers because I think they're good for the game. They've got personality and watching them both in the all-star game was super fun. So, you know, they, they got grit. They, they play a little dirty at times. I, I definitely dig the Kachuk brothers. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a St. Louis boy. So like always got love for, you know, the Kachuks. Like that's a, I love the style. I love the, they, and they can back it up with talent yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Like they have like such an instigator shithead mentality and like they can back it up with talent, which is like even, you know, that's like, that's even crazier. It's like people, I hate Brad Marchand, right? I'm sure you guys can agree with me in that sense. Especially, I would want him on my team. Especially, yeah. And it's, yeah, I hate him so much because he can back up what he freaking does. So that, that, that's kind of, um, uh, I, I dig those kinds of players, but when they're not on your team, then it's easier to hate. Like, you know, he's the best example of that. And in, in my opinion, but the Kachucks, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely take them on my team any day of the week. 
Yeah, I, I have a, I have a, a like a soft spot for for Shafley too, man. Like I, I don't know, um, you know, he's just he's he's been with the Jets for his whole career, and he just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, no, I mean, I the Jets are a respectable organization, anyways. Like everything about about that team, you know, aside from maybe Line A not being really all there, I feel like he. I'm not the biggest fan of line a, even though I was at the game where he scored five goals against the blues. That yeah. was, that was pretty nuts. And he, he made a, he made somebody in Canada, a millionaire, which is absolutely insane to think about. But yeah, I mean, I, I respect any team that respects the sport and the league, you know, as a whole and it, rivalries aside, you know, that's, I'll always, you know, shit talk, you know, at this point, the sharks forever, <laughs> you know, absolutely. And yeah. you know, the, the Blackhawks, but rivalries are what keeps the sport also unique and interesting. So like, I'm into that. It's just as long as you pay respects to the sport and I could go on and on about that and I won't, but basically if you're a Nashville predators fan, I feel sorry for you. I'll, I'll end on that one. <laughs> All right, Tyler, we really could probably chat for like three hours. So. We're going to have to get you back on once there's hockey. And uh, it was it really was a blast. And I appreciate you coming on. Make sure you guys go check out Fourth Lying Goon. We're going to send you from a podcast to go check out another podcast. Sounds dope. Respect. And then also make sure you are spinning hard loss. They got their new EP just came out. Got some some tunes with Shane told. So, you know, it's fucking good. So, Tyler, we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. Cheers. Take care, man.
is at. Dude, what a great, great interview, man. Um, super cool dude, man. You know, I, I really, really think that, um, you know, we, we got something going with that, man. I think it's, uh, it's super cool. Um, you know, really cool to, to get to kind of chat with him about his, his love for all things, I guess, technically blues and, um, golden Knights. I mean, it's kind of cool to hear that story. Um, just a super personal guy. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think we're, we're always just super blessed to, to kind of get to, to do such cool interviews with like, you know, up and coming, you know, bands that are destined to do awesome things. So really, really awesome. I think the coolest part is that they basically had an anthem for the St. Louis blues, Stanley cup. Run. Yeah. Like, right. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Like doing a, a pop punk version of Gloria and getting some like recognition by the team and like getting to perform it after a game. Like, you know, as a hockey fan, can you really ask for anything more than that? No, you really can't. I mean, other than, you know, like, you know, getting to, getting to play that live at a Stanley cup finals game. I mean, like, you know, I mean, they, they, they had the, the glory, man, you know, no pun intended, but I mean, you know, they got to play in, in, in the arena and, uh, you know, they, they got, you know, recognized and they got to be a part of something super cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's that hockey alternative music crossover packaged up nice bow on top, you know? Now it, it definitely got me like thinking, you know, it, it seems like teams are doing this where they kind of have like a rally song or, or like some like fan or like some, I guess like out of the box way to like unite the fans. Mm -hmm. and, and usually it's like a grassroots kind of thing that starts with the fans. And it got me thinking like, what would the Islanders like, like theme song be if they went on a deep run in the year 2020 like well it, i mean you gotta definitely you be gotta like remember. a billy joel song and i god i no. hope i like no. really would not want that you gotta remember that the islanders you know have adopted a professional wrestling uh chant which i was instrumental in starting so i don't care what anyone says i know that i started it and that's fine. Anyone could take credit for it if they want to. So you're saying like getting Daniel Bryan back to do stuff like hype up stuff. I mean, look, I, you know, I, here's one thing I could say, you know, the yes, yes, yes thing is awesome. But like, I got to tell you, man, the, the, dude, that, I mean, like, it's cool. Cause we all get to sing it in unison, but dude, that is like the lamest sound in the universe. I don't even know what sound you're making. The Dude, you know what sound I'm making. It's the stupid guitar thing where meow, 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 then everyone goes, oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. At and first I thought you were having a stroke or something. I'm oh, like, what the hell are you doing? I'm not stroking out. I'm not stroking out. I'll be honest with you, man. Like for the Islanders, if they were ever going to have a song that would be like a rallying cry i mean i'm like, not saying like a goal song i'm saying like a, a song like a victory song kind of thing I, I mean it would have to be like god i don't know i don't really know i mean like in my eyes it would have to be like 
I don't I don't have that answer. Like maybe like Taking Back Sunday comes along and like does like a punk cover of like Down Easter Alexa. I don't know. You know? I just don't know. But I know that um, you know, the Islanders, you know, we've talked about it so many times, but like the fan base, the the, the just the, the overall ethos of the team, the, the laurels rest so deeply on those four cup wins. And it's like, it's really the Islanders identity, you know? Um, so I would hope that with a deep run, they would, you know, try to create a, a more youthful, a more driven identity than just like the Islanders are like in the Eastern conference championship and we won four cups once. It's like, it doesn't jive with me, man. Like we, like something needs to, there needs to be something there that's just more palpable, that has some more, more realism to what the team is now. And I don't know what that is, and that's the tough thing. Yeah, I, I kind of just thought it would be fun to bring up. And, like, who, who knew, like, Gloria would be the, the theme song for the yeah. St. Louis Blues? Like, that came out of nowhere. But, yep, you're, you're exactly right. You know, and that's usually what happens, you know, something comes out of nowhere and you think it's like a goof but then it sticks and you know then 10 years later we're still doing yes 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 chance yeah. after every goal so you know well, listen you know th- things sometimes you throw stuff at the wall and it sticks and you know we always talk about how we're not an islanders podcast but we know we do have islanders fans that are listening so why don't you take to the comments and uh you know let us know what you think you know the ultimate rally cry song for the islanders would be Maybe you have a better better thought process than I do, and we'd love to hear it. You know, maybe we can get some responses from you guys listening out there, and you know, share them on the next episode or so that we have, and you know, kind of walk through them because I think that would be cool. I really do. Yeah, you know, especially since there there are tons, tons, and tons of celebrities and musicians that have come from Long Island. So yeah. You know, we don't have to keep hearing about Billy Joel. He's not the only musician to come out of Long Island. Like you're right. Let's you're absolutely right. Let's do something different because I guarantee that's what it would like. Everyone just automatically gravi- gravitates towards him. And sure. and who knows, man? Maybe maybe uh, you know our maybe our rally cry, maybe our you know our anthem is somewhere deep in the hours and hours of our bar down breakdown playlist. I mean, we got 13 hours of music. You know, there's bound to be something on there that can, uh, that can lift the spirits of our, these downtrodden Islander fans and, you know, will them to give their blood, sweat and tears to the team. And I mean, maybe you should go take a listen to it listeners out there and, and tell us what you think and see if there's anything on there that might be the perfect anthem for our Islanders. All right. Yeah, you know, as as Tom mentioned, 13 hours playlist for all our former guests. So go like and follow the playlist, share it with your friends, throw it on and forget about it all day because <laughs> we we got you covered. And then uh as always, go and like and follow and subscribe on wherever you're listening to your podcast so that you don't miss any of the episodes that tom and i are just pounding out so yep. they're gonna keep coming we got more on the horizon and uh it, it's as always just been so much fun tom so you can leave us with our socials and then we'll wrap this bad boy up 
You got it. www.bardownbreakdown.com is our fancy website. You've got us at BDBD, at BDBD Podcast, at Breakdown, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, again, you can listen to us anywhere that you like to get your podcast, that being Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anything like that. We're there. All of our episodes are there. You can subscribe so you're never missing an episode when we drop them. And uh, as always, we love, love, love your, you know, in, interacting with you guys. So please don't hesitate, man, if you... Want to hear me talk less, hear me talk more, hear Mikey talk more, hear Mikey talk less. You want us to, you know, learn another language or, you know, make funny duck noises. Like, we'll do it. We'll probably do it. Dude, uh, we're, but we're gotta, like way gotta, past 25. We can't, like, physically learn another language. I think it's true. like science or something. Yeah, Rosetta, Rosetta Stone wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't do it for me. But listen, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to entertain you guys. So please, if you like what we do. Give us a shout. Give us a, a you know a holler. We'd love to hear that you guys are listening and enjoying. And on on that note, on that very very poignant note, we bid you adieu. Peace be with you, and also with you. Salud